We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. going on everybody welcome to striking gold your 49ers podcast on the blue wire network my name is rob louder i cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other side of the speaker appreciate you tuning in appreciate you being here appreciate you joining me appreciate you stopping by i just appreciate you i hope you know that anyways this episode is brought to you by prize picks of course get to that in a little bit weird week for prize picks given the uh up and downs of uh of this week when it comes to 49ers, who's playing, who's not playing. We'll get into that. Before we get into that, we're going to talk about the uh, the Pro Bowl and the fact that the 49ers had nine. Oh, you know, what? before we get into the Pro Bowl, I, I just so I was planning on recording this podcast a couple hours earlier. Uh, my in-laws came over. My, my, my wife's parents came over, brought us some uh, some excellent food. Which they've been doing quite a bit since since we've had the baby, which is we are eternally grateful for. And it's all like this amazing homemade. This wasn't homemade. This was actually from a place called Teriyaki Don. Just a nice, uh, a nice food joint. But most of the the vast majority of the food's been homemade. You know what's interesting? A little like I um, have been eating all this incredible homemade food, and just by happenstance, I've I've lost like ten pounds, and. I actually, while I was out and about, had fast food a couple of days ago, and it totally wrecked me, like in in all the ways that you can imagine. And it's been this weird, like eye opening, like man, I really should just try and eat this way all the time because it makes a huge difference in my life. And you know, anyways, that's random. So, anyways, uh, no, I'm really getting off track. So, good food, loved it. Steak, white rice, a little bit of salad. With just some really good teriyaki sauce. Anyways, continuing to wander even further off track. Apologize. My wife's dad and, and you know the in-laws. They had just before they came over here. They had just watched uh, Equalizer three with Denzel Washington. I have seen Equalizer one and two. They came over. They're like, oh, we just got done watching Equalizer three. Awesome movie. And so we started to eat. And I was like, shoot, I'll put on Equalizer three. It's right there on Netflix. Right, right there in the front. Just add it. Put it on, man! What an outstanding movie. I'm not. I don't want to spoil anything for you. I wouldn't necessarily call this a spoiler, but it was just great to watch what I would call a feel good movie. You know, like this 
The way the movie plays out is freaking awesome. The action is awesome. Denzel is awesome. Dakota Fanning is in that movie again. So you get a little bit of man on fire vibes. Um, it was great. And like I said, I, I, it's a little bit of a spoiler, but just a feel good movie that I like when it was over, I was like, hell yeah. I am glad I just watched that. I completely on a whim did not plan on walk, watching equalizer three with, with the in-laws, but they came over. We ate great food, watched equalizer three. And uh, I, I regret none of it. I planned on recording this podcast two hours earlier, just because, you know, I would be more awake, mo- more coherent. Sure. I'll stumble on my words a little bit, but Man, it was a great movie. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the food. And now I'm here recording the Strike and Gold podcast with with no regrets. So, um, and if you don't know, or if you know, you know, in terms of regrets. Oh, so anyways, 49ers stuff. Uh, they had nine players make the Pro Bowl. Nine players make the Pro Bowl. Leading the NFL. Big deal. Big deal. So let's go through them. Let's talk about them. I mean, you know, you guys have heard about it. We'll start from the top. The very the most important position in football, the 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy is your leading vote getter of all players selected to the Pro Bowl. AFC, NFC, doesn't matter. Brock Purdy got more votes than any other player in the NFL. So he is the, you know, he's essentially the NFC's MVP, um, along with Dak Prescott and Matthew Stafford. And then for the AFC, you've got Tua, Lamar, and Patrick Mahomes. So pretty unbelievable. We'll get to that in a little bit. Of course, you've got Christian McCaffrey is in there for running backs. You've got Kyle Juszczyk in there for uh, fullbacks. you got George Kittles in there for the NFC tight ends. Um, no shocker here, Trent Williams was selected as the tackles, one of the tackles, the leading tackle. And then you've got uh, Javon Hargrave. You've got Nick Bosa. Defensive side of the ball, obviously. Uh, let's keep on going. I just want to make sure I don't miss anybody. Fred Warner. Bobby Wagner over over Dre Greenlaw is a little silly, but, I mean, Bobby Wagner has has that name appeal, I suppose. Charvarius Ward also selected. I believe that is his first Pro Bowl. And I think that there's one more person. Who am I missing? No, maybe that was it. Maybe that was nine. Maybe that was nine. Just making sure I got it right. So, I mean, just to sum them all up again, you've got defensive end Nick Bosa, defensive tackle Javon Hargrave, fullback Kyle Juszczyk, tight end George Kittle, running back Christian McCaffrey, quarterback Brock Purdy, cornerback Charvarius Ward, linebacker Fred Warner, and tackle Trent Williams. That's everybody. Uh, They did have um, quite a few alternates as well. Alternates were Eric Armstead, Aaron Banks, Jake Brendel, Oren Burks, Dre Greenlaw, Diamador Lenore, Colton McKivitz, uh, long snapper Tabor Pepper, wide receiver Debo Samuel, punter Mitch Wisnowski, and defensive end Chase Young. So all this tells me, and this is not all, all I'm going to say about it, obviously, but all this tells me is that the 49ers have left themselves no more excuses. <laughs> this is a roster that is absolutely chocked full of talent. They have secured the number one seed in the playoffs. They have secured home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Um, if they're going to do it, they got to do it now. I mean, you've got a pro bowler at the most important position in sports. You've got pro bowlers on both sides of the ball, uh, some of which are assuredly going to be all pro selections. And um, uh, you got a head coach that that is the and, and the 
the envy of many an NFL team's eye. Again, I've always said that if if every head coach became available, you know, he had like a draft, I think Kyle Shanahan would probably be like a top three pick. So from top to bottom, the 49ers are just absolutely loaded. Absolutely loaded. They've got no excuses. They're going to win the big one. It's got to be this year. And I think when it comes to talking about these players, a lot of them are, you know, uh, obvious. Kyle Juszczyk, obvious. Christian McCaffrey, we've talked so much about him on the pod and what he means to this team and the fact that in 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 a way he is every bit as important to this offense as Brock Purdy. There's a there's kind of a caveat to that. I think it's obvious, you know, especially after watching the Eagles game in the NFC Championship last year that nobody is important in this offense as Brock Purdy. We saw that firsthand. Some of them are obvious. George Kittle's obvious. Fred Warner's obvious. Kyle Juszczyk's obvious. Christian McCaffrey's obvious. Trent Williams, obvious. Um, But to sit there and just look at the fact, to see Brock Purdy's name on that list, and think about, we've talked about it so many times, but you know when you see it manifesting itself with, with solid results. Now, obviously the most solid result the 49ers really give a shit about is, is a Super Bowl trophy, but you know, Pro Bowl is a real thing. There's contract incentives tied to it. It matters. You know, it's voted on by the fans, voted on by players, coaches, and, and league st- league members. But to see his his name there and to see his picture there and to think that last year this was the last overall pick in the draft that only came in because the two quarterbacks in front of him got hurt. And despite the limited reps that season, despite the limited reps in training camp and throughout the season, uh, stepped in and just immediately started winning and playing a spectacular brand of football. It, this all is just kind of wild. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. I'm not trying to say that there, there isn't work to be done. And again, I'm not in the 49ers locker room. I'm allowed to get ahead of myself. I, I don't have any bearing on what this team does or doesn't do in the postseason. They've got to do that themselves. They don't need me. Maybe they do though, but it just, it blows my mind. You know, the fact that the 49ers have an, a, a pro bowl and likely all pro quarterback whether first or second team, I believe they do it like that for quarterbacks as well. Somebody that, you know, depending on a voter's perspective could still be someone's vote for MVP. It's just mind blowing. Not only is this, was this guy the, the very last pick of the draft last year, but in the NFC championship game sustained what would be at any point, a season ending injury worked his way back came back despite limited off-season reps because of that injury and then has put together a, I mean, I'll call it a first ballot Pro Bowl selection. He's the first quarterback selected with the most votes. You know, he's the NFC's MVP when it comes to quarterbacks in the Pro Bowl. And for him to to step in for his what was his first full season as a starter. You know, he got a lot of experience last season to lead his team to a 12 and four record to gain the first first seed in the NFC complete almost 70% of his passes for 4,280 yards, a new 49ers franchise record, 31 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Like this is, 
just another little milestone where I think you can take a step back and look at the fact that this is pretty amazing. Unprecedented. You know, you can, there are things that you can liken to it. You know, the whole Kurt Warner story is pretty incredible and stuff like that. But I mean, up, up until last year, no mystery relevant had ever even completed a pass in the NFL. Now you're looking at a, uh, a shoe in pro bowl selection, likely all pro selection chance of winning a super bowl in his first full season as a starter. It really is kind of mind blowing. I, uh, He's the 49ers' first Pro Bowl quarterback since Jeff Garcia, like over 20 years ago. I, I mean, what are you have to appreciate that? When's what you know? What's the last thing that's been anywhere close to that? Or when have we heard this story before? I mean, depends on how it goes, but Brock Purdy's story might become a pretty sick ass movie. You know, it's just, it's that crazy. It's that weird. And I don't know how the 49ers always find themselves in the midst of these that crazy, that weird stories. But here we are again. And this time it might be more grand than than anything the 49ers have managed to put together up until this point. But again, it's it's pretty incredible when you just look at the fact that the 49ers just had their first Pro Bowl quarterback, pro quarterback selected of the Pro Bowl in over 20 years. And it's, and everything that comes with Purdy. It's wild. It's wild. I know that there is, um, I know that there's, uh, I wouldn't say an uproar. Uh, you know, there's people that are quite a, quite surprised about the fact that Brandon Ayuk was not selected to the Pro Bowl. And keep in mind, they're only selecting four receivers from the NFC. There's eight receivers total, but four of those have to be from the AFC. So essentially, Brandon Ayuk was not selected as one of the four NFC receivers. And here's the way you should look at it. Brandon Ayuk is a Pro Bowl caliber wide receiver. He he could have been plugged in for any of these four. You've got CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, Mike Evans, and Puka Nakua. I don't think it's a snub. I don't think Brandon Ayuk should be insulted. I mean... Do pull a Michael Jordan and use that as fuel. You know, that's what professional athletes do. And that's perfectly fine. Do it. I got you. But I don't necessarily think Brandon Ayuk was snubbed. You can take a look. I mean, uh, Tyreek Hill's AFC. So if if you're looking at just the NFC options, CeeDee Lamb is the NFC's leading receiver with 122 catches for 1,651 yards and 10 touchdowns. I mean, okay, so that has to be in. 122 catches for 1,600 yards and 10 touchdowns. I think Brandon Ayuk is every bit as good as CeeDee Lamb, but you you have to respect his talent and you have to respect the season that that is. I mean, that is incredible. A.J. Brown is right behind him in total receiving yards for the NFL. He's third in the NFL behind CeeDee and Tyreek. 105 catches for 1,447 yards and seven touchdowns. Again, there's there's nothing to to shy away from that. Uh, do these have yards per reception? Man, come on. I've I've got reception. No, I'm looking at just the NFL's leading receivers, and I'm just annoyed that it doesn't have a column that's yards per reception. Anyways, and then 
Puka Nakua is the next person on the list. So the, the three of the three of the people that are ahead of Brandon Ayuk are CeeDee Lamb, AJ Brown, and Puka Nakua. Two, three, and four on the on the receiving yards list. 122 catches, 105 catches, 101 catches, 1,600 yards, 1,400, 1,400, 10, 7, and 5 touchdowns. So there's there's really no snubbing going on. And then you've got Amon Ross St. Brown, who also you you know that could be considered a bigger snub than Brandon Ayuk. The most impressive stat line for Brandon Ayuk here is one, I believe he does lead the NFL in yards per reception, which is massive, huge. But here are the receptions. Brandon Ayuk is one, two, three, four, five, sixth in receiving yards in the NFL. But here's the amount of receptions every receiver has in front of him. 112, 122, 105, 101, 112, Brandon Ayuk, 72. So when I've told you over and over that if Brandon Ayuk received Justin Jefferson-like volume or CeeDee Lamb volume or Amon Ross St. Brown volume, Tyreek Hill volume, it's, it's not from a lack of talent. You can't tell me that Brandon Ayuk's not getting these targets because of talent. Look at the offenses in. It's obvious. I don't even have to waste your time with that. But if Brandon Ayuk were getting this type of volume with some very simple mathematics, he would be Tyreek Hill has... 40, 40 more catches than Brandon Ayuk. On that math, Brandon Ayuk would be well over 2,000 yards, or right around 2,000 yards, just underneath. Not well over. I'm getting a little carried away with my math. I'm getting a little excited. So, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Sorry to clear my throat. So is Brandon Ayuk a Pro Bowl snub? No, I don't think so. But Brandon Ayuk is a Pro Bowl caliber receiver. He fell victim to numbers. And, you know, the other, the fourth option is Mike Evans, who arguably Brandon Ayuk had a better season than this. But if you look at Mike Evans' numbers, they're every bit as impressive as Brandon Ayuk's. Brandon Ayuk, 72 catches. Mike Evans, 76. Brandon Ayuk, 1,317 yards. Mike Evans, 1,233. Mike Evans led the NFL with 13 touchdowns. Brandon Ayuk had seven. So even Mike Evans getting the nod over Brandon Ayuk doesn't surprise me, especially when he's the NFL's leader in receiving touchdowns. 
even more than Tyreek Hill, more than C.D. Lamb. So, I, again, I'm not saying, would it have been cool for Brandon Ayuk to get in the Pro Bowl? You guys know that I'm probably one of the biggest Brandon Ayuk stands around. I've been calling him a genuine wide receiver one for, for years since Crocker was on the show. But I, I don't think he, he was a snub. It's just the way the numbers worked out. Could they have put him in over Mike Evans? Sure. Could they have put him in over Puka Nakua? Sure. But if you're putting him in over A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb, you're, you're, you know, you're kind of – maybe you're just really loving the fact that you know he, he averages a lot, a lot of yards per catch. So I should, have, I should have gone to a different website. NFL, let, me, let me see. Let me go to ESPNs. Maybe ESPNs doing better. Receiving complete leaders. Let's see if they're staying. Yeah, here we go. I should have just gone to ESPN way better. Yep, Brandon Ayuk at the top of the list. 18.3 yards a catch. So let's just really quickly do some horrible mathematics. And let's say Brandon Ayuk averages 18 yards a catch. Tyreek Hill got 40 more catches. 40 times 18 equals that's 720 more yards that you could theoretically add to Brandon Ayuk's stats. If you really want to see what he could be capable of in a, in a higher volume offense with less targets that doesn't feature George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, that would put Brandon Ayuk over 2,000 yards. So my initial math was right. Pat yourself on the back, Robert. So when, when people wonder if the 49ers should pay Brandon Ayuk, if they wonder what his place is in this offense, if they wonder how good he is, if they wonder if his production can be easily replaced by just feeding Debo more, I would say you're out of your mind. Brandon Ayuk's place in this offense is just as solid as any of the other people catching passes. And he averages more yards per catch than any other player in the NFL. So, Still, I mean, given my admiration for Ayuk, is he a snub? Don't think so. I can see why all the other guys got in uh, ahead of him. Is he every bit as good as every single one of those other receivers? Yes, absolutely. Hopefully that tracks with you guys. Hopefully I don't seem like an Ayuk homer and I'm just pushing my own. But I, 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 snub, not worried about it. Not worried about it. But it's obvious what he does and uh, and how good he is. So, again... No excuses for the 49ers. Let's talk prize picks really quick. Just really quick. Prize picks, I had to get weird. They had no selections for the 49ers because of just the un, the unruly nature of the game. And Sam Darnold's starting. You have no idea how long Debo Samuel's going to play, how long Brandon is going to play, how many, you know what I mean? So there are really not a whole lot of prize picks to be had. So what I had to do was gather up some picks from around the league, from players that are playing in games that mattered. So I went all wide receivers. I picked um, George Pickens to have more than 50 yards receiving against Baltimore. Baltimore, they've already secured the number one seed. They're going to be resting some guys, or at least not playing them the full game. So I picked George Pickens to have, George Pickens to have more than 49 receiving yards. I picked CeeDee Lamb to have more than 92 receiving yards. Washington, or excuse me, Dallas is playing in a must-win game. They're playing against the Washington Commanders. But it's a must-win game in order in order to secure their division, I believe. And then I picked Mike Evans to have more than 62 receiving yards. He is also playing in a must-win game. If I read this right, if the if I read these this right, it says that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they can clinch the NFC South divisional title with a win. They win. 
they get the division, they're in the playoffs, or they can tie and New Orleans loses or ties. Okay, so they can clinch the divisions with those things. But if neither of those happen, I think they're out of the playoffs because then the next option says Tampa Bay clinches playoff berth with Tampa Bay tie, Seattle loss, Green Bay loss or tie. So either they do what they needed to do, either they win or they're out of the freaking playoffs. So I'm picking players that are all in games that, that, that they must win. Um, if you don't know what prize picks is and you are wondering why I've been talking about it all this time. And I, I've heard through unnamed sources that, that, Price Picks is looking to renew for another season. We'll have to take a look at the numbers. We'll have to get with my agents. We'll have to crunch the crunch the numbers, get the calculators out, and figure out what works best for all parties. But it's daily fantasy sports. You get on here, and then you can pick any sport you want. It doesn't always have to be football. Just looking at here, they've got NBA, NFL, college football, uh, NHL, college baseball, uh, any uh, soccer. LOL, I don't know what that is. Is that League of Legends? No way. I hope it is. PGA, tennis, MLB, cricket, tennis. Okay, so they got all kinds of options for you. I wonder if they do F1. Give me some F1 prize picks. Anyways, so you're picking two to six players of any sports. You can combine them sometimes if you want. And you can, uh, you're picking more or less receiving yards, rushing yards, throw, pass attempts, you know, total targets. All kinds of options. Pick more or less. Two to six players. Watch your winning, winnings roll in. That's it. You've heard me say it before. I like prize picks because it's just so simple. I can get on there. I can have an entry placed in less than 60 seconds. The website is so intuitive, so easy to use. And a bonus, if you go to prizepicks.com slash gold, as in striking gold, prizepicks.com slash gold, and use the promo code gold, they're going to match any deposit you make up to $100. So if you put in a hundred bucks, you're going to have a hundred bucks extra. You're going to have 200 bucks. So get on prize fix. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. You're going to love it. I'm loving it. I've been doing it all season. I'm going to do it next season. It's a great time. It's a great time. Again, prizefix.com slash gold. Do it. Do it. All right. Let's keep going. Rams versus 49ers. It's going to be weird, folks. It's, it's, it's going to be weird. And there's all kinds of talking points around it. There's all sorts of whys and why nots. Both the 49ers and the Rams are resting a handful of players. I should have already had this up. Let me see. Let me get on the Twitter. Boop, 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 boop. Rams out. Let's see. No, come on. Somebody just tweeted something cool, something easy. All right, so there are a handful of Rams players that are sitting out, the usual suspects. There are a handful of 49ers players sitting out. There are a handful of 49ers players that, going, that are going to see limited action. You could, I mean, you could take a guess as to which players from the 49ers are going to be limited. Christian McCaffrey's already out with a calf strain. He's already said if it were like a playoff game, he would be playing. Kyle Shanahan already confirmed that Brock Purdy is out. Um, players that may not play or will play very limited time frames. They're obvious. Left tackle Trent Williams, edge rusher Nick Bosa, um, wide receivers Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Kyle, you, you know, Tynick George Kittle. Take your pick. You've got Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Charvarius Ward, Yamador Lenore, 
all of the starters, you know, they're they're not going to play the whole game. I'm not even sure if if it even matters how the game unfolds, but starters and you know your star players, quote unquote, are not going to be playing the whole game. But it's not as simple as just saying rest everybody. Unfortunately, that's just not how NFL rosters are built. It's a complex situation. And to be honest, it doesn't really leave Kyle Shanahan in a great situation. Now, don't get me wrong. The 49ers getting a rest week and then earning that first round bye, we've already talked about it, extremely beneficial. Undeniably beneficial. It's a huge deal. Think about how much better the 49ers looked coming off the bye during this season and how much that mattered and how much the players talked about it. Sorry, I had to clear my throat again. I mean, so the 49ers going heading into their bye, they lost to the Cleveland Browns. They lost to the Minnesota Vikings. They lost to the Cincinnati Bengals and scored 17 points in three straight games. Then they had their bye week and then they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 34 to three. Then they beat the Buccaneers 27 to 14, Seahawks 31 to 13, Eagles 42 to 19, Seahawks 28 to 16, Cardinals 48. You get the point. There was a very clear benefit to the bye. You guys don't need me to sell you on what a bye week means to an NFL team, but to get one at this point after 18 weeks of playing football, that's I mean that's crazy. Not only that, but you're getting like a somewhat of a bonus week against the Rams this week because the 49ers have already secured the number one seed thanks to the Eagles shenanigans and losing to the Cardinals. Thanks to the Cardinals, really. So, I mean, they're already in a good place, but it's not an easy, it's not an easy place to be for Kyle Shanahan. You got to understand too, the 49ers are already dealing with a handful of injuries. Their roster is already hampered. Players are already playing more playing time than they're used to based on the injuries. Right now, as of Thursday, Eric Armstead did not participate. Starting safety, Jair Brown did not participate. Ross Dwelly, Tashawn Gibson on the injury report now. The safety that's opposite Jair Brown uh, with a quad injury. Running back Christian McCaffrey, like we said, has a calf injury. Cornerback Ambry Thomas, hand injury. Players that were limited, John guard, center John Feliciano, center guard. Uh, he popped up on the injury report. He's limited with a back injury. Juwan Jennings, wide receiver, still con- still coming back from a concussion. Running back Elijah Mitchell, illness. Uh, he popped up on, on the injury report prior to uh, the Washington game. Still played, um, but he's still there. And you've got you know full participants, but you've still got guard Aaron Banks, wide receiver Danny Gray, wide receiver Ray Ray McLeod, tackle Jalen Moore, concussion. So the 49ers roster is already hampered by a ton of injuries. And... Kyle Shanahan made sure to point out the fact that like it's a team sport. You've got a team full of dudes. You can't just rest every player that you consider to be a quote unquote star and then leave the rest of your roster out there to dry. Because then while your prime players may remain healthy, you've essentially impacted or lessened the overall effectiveness of your entire roster because you'd like guys out there that, you know, put their bodies on the line that you may need and it may not be in a, an as significant of a role, but
but you can't just throw an entire roster out there to dry because you want to make sure all of your stars are in tip top shape. Now there is some of that, obviously, you know, you're, you're pulling players that are your starters at some point in the game, if not all of the game to make sure that your team's ready for the playoffs. But at the same time, you have to do it in a way that doesn't just screw over the rest of your roster. You're subjecting, you, you would be subjecting your non-star players to additional workload just to rest the best players. So you're risking your complimentary players. Uh, I, you know, think of it this way. The 49ers have had to use their backup quarterback a lot. Are you going to put Sam Darnold out there behind a patchwork and already injury-riddled offensive line only to possibly get hurt? Are you going to run Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason behind that same patchwork offensive line only to lose one of them? Elijah Mitchell, who you already know, has a tendency to get hurt. You see what I mean? There's all the. Are you going to trot out your your number two and number three corners or number three and number four corners uh, and and let them play more snaps than their bodies used to and risk injuring them? You know what I mean? It's just you things can really quickly spiral out of hand. Now again, I don't want to be too dramatic. This is just one football game. The 49ers aren't doing anything wrong. Kyle Shanahan though is in sort of a no win situation where he has to try and toe this line, walk this line between resting every star player because playing a a full suite of snaps in this week 18 game is just simply not an option for your star player. So I'm going to be contradicting myself a lot, or at least bouncing around, bouncing back and forth on this fine line. But the worst case scenario is you say, fuck it. You play your best players like it's a normal NFL game and one of them gets hurt. And then you look like an asshole or you look ignorant and you look like, um, you know, you're the biggest, Cool in town. Drink of water real quick. But at the same time, you can't just send the rest of your roster out there and protect your main guys and risk the health of the other roster. It's it's really like just an interesting position to be in. I understand basically every angle of the argument. Doesn't matter. This is the way football works. You can't risk your star players. End of story. You risk them. You lose one of them. You may. You might be just basically destroying your playoff and Super Bowl hopes just for the sake of being quote-unquote fair. When in reality, the NFL isn't fair. It's a meritocracy, and you are in the position you're in based on your ability to perform. So... But at the same time, you're managing a locker room. You're managing a team. The depth of your roster is just, I'm not going to say just as important, but is, is it's important. We'll just go with that. It's important. So you can, you know, you can bounce all over the place in terms of what you believe and how you think the 49ers should go about this. But in the end, you, you know, you can start to, to look at Kyle Shanahan's views on just having time off in general. Steve Young, I believe it was on KMBR saying, you can't just, like, you don't want to just take three weeks off, especially for a quarterback like Brock Purdy. If you count up the total number of days the 49ers are going to have off, I believe it's like 20, which, if my math checks out, is one day shy of three weeks. And you've established this reason, this, this, this rhythm going all the way back to the offseason. And all of a sudden, you just have three weeks off. You've you've played in 18 football games, and all of a sudden, you just have two weeks off, depending on who plays during against the Rams. Kyle Shanahan, you know, he said two week two bye weeks isn't good for anybody. 
Fred Warner said taking that much time off would not be good. I'm good with playing. Charverius Ward, I know I'm playing this week. I like the rhythm we're in. We don't want to lose that. We've got a good thing going right now, so I don't think we should be talk- taking our foot off the gas. Rust isn't always about the game, Shanahan said. Rust is how you treat the week. So there's, you can see that there's just this really weird dynamic that has to be balanced between protecting your players and not allowing your team to fall out of rhythm. I don't have the correct answer, but I think it's interesting to talk about. I think it's interesting to evaluate the perspective of it. I mean, again, we're we're in a weird two weeks for 49ers coverage. We've got a game coming up on Sunday that, for the most part, sort of doesn't matter. You're just hoping everybody gets out completely healthy. Then you've got a week of nothing when you wait, you're going to watch the first round of the playoffs to see who the 49ers are going to play in the first round, in the divisional round. So it's a couple weird weeks of coverage. And right now, I mean, the most interesting thing to talk about is how do you approach this weird phenomena that the 49ers ran into, which is called too much time off. Too much time on my hands. You know what I mean? It's just like they don't know what to do with themselves. And I think that Kyle Shanahan knows what to do with them. I think in a way Kyle Shanahan's probably going to start stepping up the intensity in practice so that the lack of game action really doesn't take anybody out of the rhythm that Ward talked about, out of that phase that they talked about. But again, ramping up the intensity in practice. Injuries happen in practice all the time. And you're looking at Kyle Shanahan, looking at this roster, looking at all these pro bowlers, looking at all these alternates and saying, we're so close. But again, you're playing football. You can't just put everybody in bubble wrap and shelve them. You have to play. You have to maintain an op tempo. You have to keep things going. You have to stay in the rhythm that the players are are talking about. But you just, you have to find the best way to balance it. So it's tough. It's tough. It's a weird thing to think about. If you actually sit there and allow yourself to contemplate the rust versus rest dilemma, it gets weird. And you could be very simple about it. You could say, nope, rest all your best players. Fuck everything else. It is what it is. And that very well, that, that could be what happens. Minus maybe a couple drives. Who knows? Or you say, nope, we value the tempo we've established. We value the rhythm we've established. We want to stay sharp. We want to stay ready. And with that comes exposing your players to risk of injury in a game that, for the most part, means nothing. And it's happened in the past. I think I was reading Mike Silver's article about this earlier today where he talked about the the Patriots uh, in one of their seasons were in a regular-ass game that didn't matter. They'd already locked up their seating, and Wes Welker tore his ACL and MCL. He say Wes Welker? Did he say Danny? Not Danny and Undola. Uh, what's his name? Anyways. So... I'm just I'm just pausing to let you guys think about it. Contemplate where your heart is at. All right, so as of right now, the 49ers hold the number one seed. They've got a first round bye. Number two seed is the Packers. Number three, Lions. Number four, Bucks. Five is Eagles. Six is Rams. Seven is Buccaneers. Now, NFL has provided us with all of these. Oh, did I click out of it? I did. I got to go find it again. Hold on. Let me uh, consult my computer. 
NFL playoff scenarios, I think is what I typed there. I wanted to find the NFL's one. Here we go. Let's go down to the NFC. I don't think you guys really care about the AFC as much. So you've got everybody that's clinched 49ers, you know, that uh, things are pretty stable for 49ers, Lions, uh, Cowboys. 49ers have clinched the, the division title and the number one seed. The Lions have clinched the NFC North. The Cowboys have clinched a playoff berth, Rams playoffs, Eagles playoffs. Start with the Falcons. The Falcons win and Tampa Bay loses. They're in. They win the NFC South. It's so weird to look at. Dallas Cowboys. What's their scenarios? Dallas clinches the NFC East division title with a Dallas win, period. If they win against the Commanders, they're in the NFC East, East, and that makes them the two-seed. They retain the two-seed. There's other scenarios there. Dallas tie, Philadelphia tie, or Philadelphia loss. Green Bay Packers. Green Bay clinches a playoff burst, so Green Bay is not for sure in. But if they win, they're in. And then there's all kinds of different scenarios. Green Bay tie, Seattle loss or tie, New Orleans loss or tie. Man, can you imagine being the guys that sit there and figure this shit out? Six different scenarios for the Packers. Green Bay tie, Seattle loss, Tampa Bay loss, or Green Bay tie, Seattle tie, Tampa Bay loss or tie, or Minnesota loss or tie, plus Seattle loss, plus Tampa Bay loss, or Minnesota loss or tie, plus Seattle loss, plus the New Orleans loss. That is ridiculous. Or they could just go back to number one and win their game. They're playing Chicago. Minnesota Vikings can still get into the playoffs at 7-9. and nine. Minnesota clinches a playoff berth if Minnesota wins, Green Bay loses, Seattle loses, and Tampa Bay loses. It's in our hands. It's the opposite of it being in their hands. New Orleans Saints can clinch a NFC South division title with a New Orleans win and a Tampa Bay loss or tie. Or losing and Tampa Bay loses. Okay. So they can win or tie. Okay, whatever. I'm going to spin myself in circles. Okay, for the Eagles, they could clinch the NFC East. If they win, Dallas loses. Seattle Seahawks can clinch a playoff berth. If they win and Green Bay loses. Tampa Bay can clinch the NFC South division title with just winning. It's in your hands. Or they tie and New Orleans loses or ties. So here's here's what I was talking about earlier. So Tampa Bay can clinch the NFC South, the NFC South if they win. And then the next option is they can clinch a playoff berth if they tie, Seattle loses, and Green Bay loses. So if they don't win, then they need to tie, Seattle lose, and Green Bay to lose. Or they're all the way out. That's just a that's just a really hard swing. Either we win this shit or we are basically out. So those are there's all your wild playoff scenarios. I'm not going to try and predict who the 49ers are going to play. If you had to ask me now, I'd probably say the Eagles um, at Levi's Stadium in the divisional round. We'll see. Um, but you're going to have some interesting matchups in there. Can the Rams beat the Lions? Absolutely. The Rams are playing a pretty amazing brand of football right now. You've heard me mention that a couple times. Can the Packers beat the Cowboys? Yes, because they're the Cowboys and they do weird shit. Could the Bucks beat the Eagles right now? Yeah, which is weird. Which is weird. All right, everybody. I think that does it. I think that does it. 
Appreciate everybody for listening. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you spending 40 minutes with me and helping make this pod what it is. Um, despite the fact that the game is going to be weird, I'm still going to be doing takeaway time after the Rams game. So make sure that you are on Twitter, following me at Rob underscore louder and taking part in that. Can't do it without you. Quite literally, I cannot do takeaway time without your guys' takeaways. But as I always say, just the fact that you guys are here listening is the ultimate form of support. If you want to show a little bit more, go on whatever app you're listening to, leave striking gold a five-star review, write some supportive words if you want to, if you're feeling a little spicy. Appreciate you guys. Trying to think, I'm just trying to think. I'm like, I'm like doing the thinking thing with my beard right now. Did I forget anything? I don't think so. I don't think so. And again, like I said last uh, last episode, just enjoy this time, 49ers fans. It's uh doesn't happen often. They're the number one seed. They've got good problems, as we talked about. They're not bad problems. They're good problems. And uh, it's just an interesting time. They've got a good shot. They've got a good shot. They're probably favorites to win the Super Bowl. Maybe if they're not, they're probably just right behind the Ravens. All right, everybody. Appreciate you guys. Thanks again. I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold. We're signing out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.